Good morning, everyone. Great to be back up here. If you would, open up your Bibles or your Bible app and navigate to Matthew chapter 5. I'll be reading from the NIV today. Uh, this is a continuation of my Salt and Light series. I told you it was an indeterminate length and number. I have uh, finished up on the salt, unless I find something else, and I'll come back around to that. But for the purpose of today, we're going to continue on in Matthew chapter 5, speaking, it's a little loud. Speaking uh, and talking through some of the Jesus' words on the Sermon of the Mount. In context, as we're, re- we're moving up to this point where Matthew records the first words of one of Jesus' sermons. Jesus had, up to this point, just picked his disciples. He had started preaching, repent for the kingdom is near. He had healed people in the cities, spoke in the synagogues. And as we move up to this point, he has disciples and followers that are starting to accumulate. So he goes up on the mountain and he begins to preach the sermon that we have recorded in, by Matthew. And I think it's just beautiful how Jesus laid out that first sermon or the first sermon that we have recorded and access to. Where this people he spoke to immediately in the Beatitudes, these people who were poor in spirit, had, were meek, were downtrodden, were seeking righteousness, mourning, persecuted. And no doubt he gathered them in and, and they knew that he was speaking to them. And then he opens up following those beatitudes with the, the scriptures that we've already looked at calling them, these people, the salt of the earth. Quick review, for those of you who don't remember that. Uh, Salt, of course, can be a preservative. It could be a flavor enhancer. I choose to believe that in the context that Jesus was speaking then, it dealt more with an allusion back to the law and the salt of the covenant. And every sacrifice being sprinkled with salt and the seal of the covenant was salt. And at that time, it was a mineral that was more valuable than gold. And to have these people hearing that they are the salt of the earth must have been revelatory to them. And then he continues on with the scripture in Matthew chapter 5. Let's read through the following, the salt of the earth. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I've covered before from the pulpit that there are also allusions to the law and the light and who could carry the light. And these people, this, this, these disciples that Jesus had together, had gathered together were not those people. 
the priests, the high priests, were the ones who would represent God on this earth and be that light. And here Jesus was telling these people, you are the light. A message they've never heard before. And it's even more beautiful. I love these three scriptures because the way Jesus structured it is hierarchical. So all these people are gathered together, these, these individual people, and they're in a group. And if you notice, he starts out by saying, a town built on the hill cannot be hidden. He's saying that you, collective body, are the community of Christ. You are my people. You are the people who collectively are going to be the light of this earth. And from there, he goes one step further and he breaks it down. And it, as if he's just digging right into the heart of each individual person, he says, you can't have a light and put it under a, a bushel, a bowl. Sorry, I'm going back to the uh, Bible class days. But you let your light shine on a lampstand in your household. Jesus' message is clear. It's not just about you as a big community, a church of what we would call now a church of believers, a gathering of people who are disciples of him. This is more personal than that. You take it and you take it into your homes. You are the light of the world in the community and in your home. And if you'll notice in, the, in that last verse, he individualizes it. Jesus makes it about the individual as well. It goes from the collective down to the person. Let your light shine before others. Community, household, your light. Jesus had just expanded out the world to them and really dug into what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. They are the light of the world, both in the community, in their households, and their individuals. Before we go too much further, I want to stop and go a different route just for a little bit because I think it's important for us as believers to understand the deeper metaphorical meaning of what it means to be light. And to do that, we really need to look at what the, the, the nature of light. I'm going to do that uh, with this photograph that's up here. No better way. I was supposed to finish this mint before I got up here. Sorry. Let me just get it out of the way because it's bothering me. Sorry, Ange. Probably see me moving it back around trying to get it out of the way. Ansel Adams was one of the, is arguably one of the best landscape photographers ever known. I love looking at his photos. Number one, I love his subject matter. Anything in the West and in the desert, just beautiful. And he spent a lot of time really composing and thinking through and finding the spots and making sure everything was just right to photograph his pictures. Well, this particular story, uh, this photograph has a story. He had spent the day in New Mexico trying to set up one of his per perfect photos. Uh, he tells this story in one of his autobiographies, and his son, who was eight years old at the time, was with him at this point and backs up with some, some details. But he had spent the whole day 
and not taken one picture. He had set up, but everything was wrong. The light was wrong. The direction was wrong. He'd get it framed. The shadow would be in, in the wrong place. And so finally, they just gave up, packed everything up. And I'm picturing a station wagon. You can picture whatever you want to. And they headed back to town. And he's driving down the road, and the sun said somewhere around 89 miles an hour. So you can just imagine him rushing back to his house. And as he's doing so, the sun is setting. The moon is rising. And he comes around a bend as the story goes, and he sees this scene where everything clicked and came together. And he stopped, and he got out his tripod, and he, he, he's yelling at people, and they're putting the camera up on, on the tripod, and he's looking for his light meter, which they can't find. So he does some quick calculations about the known luminance of the moon, and he composes this scene, Moonrise, over Hernandez, New Mexico. And he takes one photo. And seeing that it was really good and a great situation, he, he puts another negative in it as, to his camera, his glass negative. And by the time he got in there, it was gone. The sun had set. The light had changed. It was different. From this photo and from photographers, we get a sense of what the nature of light is. First and foremost, light is directional. Like him, he had everything composed perfectly where the sun was reflecting off of the moon. And if you'll notice, the crosses on the bottom were just illuminated just right, but but not so much so that it illuminated all of the mountains back behind, which were still dark, which created some of that contrast. We, as the light of the world, are directional as well. We have to understand that the source of our light is not the sun, like what Ansel Adams dealt with, and the position of the sun to a subject. Our light is Jesus Christ. He says himself in John, or how John recorded this, in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There's no conflict in these two seemingly discrepancies where Jesus says, you are the light of the world, and then he says, I am the light of the world. The message that Jesus said over and over again is, you are to reflect me. The direction of the light of the world is from me. We, as children of God, orient ourselves towards Jesus, his words, his teachings, and we reflect him in this world. That's how we are the light of the world. Secondly, we know that photographers... <coughs> talk a lot about the quality of the light. I'm sure he had had many nicely composed pictures throughout the day in New Mexico. The scenery out there is beautiful. How could you not get a nice picture? Most likely it was because the sun was too intense or too high. It wasn't casting the shadows, or maybe it was overcast. If those clouds in the back of this photo had just been a little bit further, it would have obscured the moon, and it would have changed the whole thing. 
we talked about salt losing its saltiness, that it's, it's physically impossible for salt to lose its saltiness unless there are impurities that are brought into it. The same can be said for the light. As that light is filtered, sometimes it's filtered out. Our quality of the light is pure when we face Jesus and we rely on him and his teachings. Jesus also said in John chapter 16, speaking of the Holy Spirit, as we judge what the quality of our light is, but that he, the spirit of truth he's talking of, comes, he will guide you into all of the truth. If you want to mark that and read down further in in John 16, you'll see that Jesus says that when the Spirit comes, he will be speaking what I tell him to speak, paraphrasing. He will be delivering what I tell him to deliver. As we seek to put our direction towards Jesus, and we look at the quality of the light that faces us should always be judged against the words of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the third nature of light that are important, that's important to photographers is intensity. You couldn't have composed this particular shot in the day. Bright light. We would like to be told, and we would like to say that to be a Christian, you must brightly reflect Jesus at every moment of every day, and the nature of your life is always going to be bright. That's not life. It's not real. There are periods of darkness in our lives. There are periods when we're still reflecting Jesus, but it's dim. We know those periods periods of doubt, sorrow, periods when we've been overcome by other things. Our goal, obviously, is to always clearly reflect Jesus, but the fact is, sometimes our world is dark. But, Even a dim reflection can be beautiful. Even when you feel like it's barely there. But if you're the one who is reflecting the cross in a dim world and people see that, sometimes it's powerful. In 1 John chapter 1, speaks to this intensity. 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 9, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. A scripture for a sermon all its own. But the message to me is, 
Walk in the light. Even if the light is dim, continue walking in the light. And that fellowship of believers that John mentions will build you up and lift you up. So when Jesus is on that mountain and he's talking about you are the light of the world, it had many meetings, but the more deeper metaphorical truths are that we as Christians, as we reflect Jesus Christ, should always be checking to see what that message, what that reflection is being filtered through and make sure it's in keeping with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And even when the intensity seems to be dropping in our own lives, we never stop reflecting Jesus. Because sometimes, as I said earlier, that's the most beautiful thing. Now going back up to the, the scriptures, just a couple more things and we'll close this, close this out. You will notice something also, what I think is pretty monumental. In light of everything, the nature of light, in light of how these people must have heard it when Jesus said these words, these two words, you are. We, in our minds a lot of times, I know in my mind, I tend to reframe that verse, that those just two words, sometimes I feel like I need to say, well, I can be or I should be, or I will be. In some future state or some future time when, when I'm going to be better enough that I can then start to reflect Jesus. This is at the beginning of his ministry. There's people who are just hearing his message for the first time, and he says, you are. How much more so are we as Christians, believers, meeting here together that light. It's not some future tense or future thing. Jesus has said it very clearly. You are the reflection of me on this earth. You will reflect Jesus. Both in our community, in our households, and on an individual one-on-one -on -one basis. The second thing, oh, forgot this one. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 speaks to this reflection of light, this you are. Because Peter also writes, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So no longer is this light reserved for the high priest or the priests. It's available to us. And if we believe, we are the light of the world. Right now, every day, in every interaction. The second nature, or fourth nature of light, actually, goes back to, which I think was sixth grade science. And that is that light travels faster than sound. Light travels, in fact, a whole lot faster than sound. I thought about doing the calculations, but then it got too complex to see how much faster. Y'all get it. Light travels much faster than sound. And I don't want to do math in public, for sure. 
Because Jesus, as we start talking about the how, okay, how do I reflect light? Is it just coming to this building a couple of times a week? Is that how I'm reflecting Jesus? Is it that I'm going to, well, Jesus says your deeds. And we frequently hear like you can't work your way into heaven. There's not anything you can do to make yourself good enough to go to heaven. I'm not taking any issue with that because the only way we have the purity to enter into the kingdom of God is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is what Jesus' intent to this group of believers as he was starting his ministry, he says, do good things to other people and they will see me in you. And so, what does that mean to us? Well, we're a community of believers. We tend to be inwardly focused, though, looking towards the inside, looking at each other. Jesus' intent to his disciples that are gathered here is that we are a town on a hill that cannot be hidden. And if we are outwardly focused into the community, we can't be hidden. The glory of Jesus cannot be hidden. Not just going around saying, We're, we love Jesus and we care for you. Actually, loving Jesus and caring for them is the message that Jesus said. Those are, that's how we reflect in our community. This past, uh, almost a week ago, for example, there was darkness in this building. We had a funeral for Chase Bella. The Bellas are hurting, they're hurting today. Their light's probably a little dim. But I was encouraged because I saw person after person go hug their neck. It's a deed. And it shows the love of Jesus. It reflects. I saw a group of people working in the family center to make sure that the family, to the extent they could, be, could be fed and comforted. And we didn't have to do that, but we did. That's the nature of how we build each other up, how we're a beacon into the community, how we're a city on a hill as we reflect Jesus, as we're outwardly, outwardly focused. And we can look to Jesus for the, the shorthand on how we are supposed to act in our communities, in our households, and as individuals. Jesus said it. Love God with all your heart. Love others, even your enemies. And with that litmus test of standards, we should go into our community, facing out, reflecting Jesus. Even if it's dim, we still need to show that Jesus is the Lord of our lives. Because as each individual works in this world, various degrees of maturity and reflection and intensity, we always need to make sure the direction we face is towards Jesus. And that through that reflection, the community, 
our household, and every person that we come in contact with, both that community, household, individual hierarchy that Jesus laid out, knows that we are the light of the world. We are Jesus' representatives on this earth. We don't reflect an individual. We don't reflect a person living on this earth. We don't reflect a preacher. We don't reflect a group. We don't reflect a family. We reflect Jesus Christ. If your reflection's dim and you need prayers, hugs, words of affirmation, or help, or you want to put on Jesus in baptism and join that light this morning, that opportunity is yours. Please come forward while we stand and sing.